Welcome, welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hawk Talk. I am your host, Colin Cole, and I bring to you my resident guest host, uh, the two-time all-conference right tackle, three-year starter for Kirk Ferentz's early regime years uh, out of Chicago, Illinois, the Windy City, where I'm sure it's windy out there today. Uh, go ahead and give it up. Mr. David Powell, thank you. Thank you for joining Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me, dude. You know, it's always fun to be here. Uh, and yes, it is freezing here. Holy smokes. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely blowing windy outside here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm sure that you guys are getting some, some weather there as well. But let's jump right into it, man. We are into week uh, five of the college football season. And we are playing host, the Iowa Hawkeyes, that is, is playing host to the number four ranked Michigan Wolverines led by eighth year coach, Jim Harbaugh. Um, us Hawkeye fans are very familiar with the, the Michigan program on a number of ways, right, David, we would have to say that um, it really is a, it's a matchup <laughs> that has, has been rather interesting. I mean, actually over the last 10, 10 matchups, they split the series right down the middle. Um, but the Hawks have won, I believe five of the last home game matchups against these guys. Um, it's been, as we know, it's a, it's a rematch of the 2021 big 10 championship game, which Michigan won 42, 42 to three um, in blowout fashion. They, the, the Wolverines got a totally different look this week after beating offensive orient oriented uh, Maryland. Uh, they they pretty much destroyed Maryland. They rolled for 463 total yards against that team last week. Um, Iowa gives up 3.45 yards per play, second only to Alabama, and a nation-low 5.8 points per game. For the Hawkeyes to have a chance to win the, the West again, we got to do a tremendous job, not only in this game, but, but games moving forward. It's there's so much to unpack in this game, but let's, let's just, let's, let me, let me put a couple things out there first. Put a couple things, put a couple mm -hmm. things out there. A couple key matchups. Um, Michigan running back Blake Corn versus this Iowa wow. Hawkeye run defense. Corn broke good. loose. He, yeah, he, yeah. Last week, uh, he played, they, they, the Michigan played Maryland and Corn ran for a career high 243 yards against that Terrapin squad. His first time mm -hmm. over 100 yards in nine games. On the on the other hand, Iowa gives up just 2.2 yards per carry, and is one of the two teams in the nation to not allow a rushing touchdown so far this season. The Hawkeyes know the shifty quorum though, because they did see him in the Big Ten championship game where he broke loose for a 67-yard rush and uh, wreaked havoc. Didn't play a whole lot, but did wreak havoc a little bit in that game. Um, other things we got to watch: other key players. Uh, X Factor, Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy. He was good. Not great, but he was pretty good against Maryland. Um, he goes to Kinnick Stadium for the first career time uh, on the road as a starter, so it'll be different for him. The uh, first uh, few games for this outfit have been at home, um, so it's uh, it's going to be a little bit different going into Kinnick. They, they, they've played the likes of Colorado State, Hawaii, Yukon, and of course last week Maryland. So I would say that um, it's going to be a little bit different for them um, coming into Kinnick, and you know it's going to be the, the, the we know the atmosphere will be electric. We know that. Um, moving along, 
Iowa quarterback Spencer Petrus. He'll be trying to mm. build build on what has been the best game of the season so far for him. Um, he, he actually led the offense, sustained a number of drives, completed 11 of, 12, of 17 passes for 148 yards against Rutgers. And hey, hey, it's progress, Dave. That's progress. And we, we have to definitely applaud progress because we know that uh, it's, it's a long season and you got to continue to work and, and get, get things rolling. Uh, Michigan and Iowa, like I mentioned, have split their past 10 meetings, but the Hawkeyes have won four straight. I said five. It's four straight in Iowa City. Uh, going back to it, hey, David, I don't know if you remember this one, but uh, back in 2016, I was in Iowa City. Just so happened to be for a Michigan game where a young man that I had met here in North Carolina um, who just um, came out and did what was the unthinkable and kicked a game-winning kick, game-winning kick. And they were then ranked the number three uh, team in the nation. And so hats off to you, that young man. Hats off to, to the Hawkeye program. And let's get back. Let's get into it, man. This is, uh, this is Michigan week. And not only is it Michigan week, David, but this is – this is also the week that we will be celebrating the 20-year reunion of the 2002 Big Ten Championship team. So we'll get into that at the end of this program. But uh, first, man, let's jump into Michigan football. Yeah, yeah. You, like you said, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a tremendous amount of information here. Um and on, on a lot of different levels, this is not only the Big Ten championship uh, rematch from last year where we were literally just blown out in that fourth quarter. Defense just couldn't do anymore. Uh, but this is also one of the, I'm going to say, one of the first tests for this year for this team, this 2022 Hawkeye team. This is really the first big test that they've had. And this offense, uh, I know we've made progress, but we are um, we're still not – um, not hitting on all cylinders right now. I know Spencer's done a great job of holding onto the rock and making sure that he doesn't create a lot of, uh, I guess, turnovers. Or Yeah, turnovers is the best word for that. But, you know, when we're looking at a quarterback with a QBR, um, I think we're still in 11, 11.1 or something like that. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity for us to get better there. And a big part of that comes down to the offensive line play, too. Right, the pocket hasn't always been clean. Uh, he's had to do some things on the move, but we can all see that he's not the most comfortable doing that. Um, and that's really going to help, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Michigan and their defense when they're putting up their schemes and figuring out what they're going to do to get him off, I guess, off his, his mark. And we have a new center, which we know what that looks like. Uh, he's snapping a uh, shotgun. Uh, there's going to be delay reaction with that as well. Um, so there are a lot of things to unpack. You talked about uh, oh Blake Corum, his 67-yard run he had last year. Uh, that was that was with a tweaked ankle too. You know, he was actually a little banged up toward the end of the season. He was really hurt uh, coming to the season. He seems and he's the reports are that he feels. Uh, very healthy. He said this is the healthiest he's felt in a long time. So that little running back back there behind that offensive line, which actually won last year the uh, the Joe Moore Award, that old line. 
one of the best O-lines uh, in Michigan history. They were the best O-line in the country last year. Um, he's behind those guys, so it, they're really looking at two new starters on that offensive line. The left guard, the left tackle, and the right guard are they're starters. They were started last year. This year, the center's new and the right tackle's new. He's new-ish. I'm going to put air quotes around that. He played in all 14 games last year uh, at the six offensive linemen, so he rotated through, got a lot of experience. Now he's sitting there as a redshirt junior, otherwise known as a senior to everybody else, um, and he's starting for them at right tackle. He'll probably be back there again next year. Um, and the center, he's a graduate. He's a transfer. Um, all these guys are very veteran on that offensive line for Michigan. So I think we're looking at right now, it's going to be a tell of the lines, right? Who's going to impose their will? We got the O-line for Iowa versus the O-line for Michigan, which is going to be going against the defensive line for Iowa and the defensive line uh, of Michigan too, right? And it's going to see who can impose their will on the other person, who can be resilient, because you're not going to win every battle, all right? And then who can, after impose the, imposing your will, Who's going to be able to be dominant? That's what this is. Resilience and dominance for this team, and for the, especially for this game. And that's what I'm seeing. Um, you know, Michigan does have a good QB. Uh, that J.J. McCarthy, he's putting up a lot of big numbers over there. But uh, our, our, uh, our ball hawks, so I'm going to call those guys, our secondary, they're really good back there. They are really good. I know Mr. Quorum wants to get going, but our defense, they're not ones to just give in so easily like that. So seeing those guys step up, I think this is a tremendous opportunity for uh, the Iowa team to take that next step, like we talked about last week and the week before, to like say, okay, we're not just some scrappy team. We are that, but we're also fundamentally sound. We're going to go out there. We're going to hit you. We don't care who you are. And this has been proven over the years. They're like, when we come in, top five team, you come in Iowa. There's no guarantee you're coming out of the victory. I, I know the line right now has uh, Michigan winning at like the 70% favors to win. But like, you just don't know. Any given Saturday, you really just don't know. Absolutely right about that. You never do know. And um, it, it, there's an opportunity here for sure. This team, it is uh, comprised, like you mentioned, the, the, some of their, their main players, uh, J.J. McCarthy, who uh, actually did not even lead this team to the Big Ten Championship last year. That was Cade McNamara. He's actually the backup now. Uh, so this young man, J.J. McCarthy, um, he is what I would call an X factor because of what he does with his legs as well as what he's able to do with his arm. He's got tremendous arm strength and I've seen him throw a number of people open um, on, in their offense. Uh, I mean, it really goes without saying a little bit more about J.J. McCarthy, man. He's been lethal when Michigan's offensive line has, has protected him. His, his clean pocket passer. Now, this is a statistic. I didn't realize it was, you know, he finds statistics for everything. His clean pocket passer rating is 146.8, which is number one in all of the Power Five conferences. Um, so he's, uh, he, he's, he's been, he's been pretty good so far this season. Um, Blake Corum, uh, he's got right now 64 carries for 478 yards, uh, which is an average of seven and a half yards per carry. His longest run on the season is 47 yards, nine touchdowns. 
Nine touchdowns. Hawkeye defense has not allowed a rushing touchdown yet. Blake Quorum, he like I mentioned before, um, he wasn't going to be stopped last week against Maryland. Uh, he rushed for 243 yards on two touchdowns and 30 carries. So, again, tremendous game last week. But, again, against that Maryland defense. And we don't want to overlook the fact that they play Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn, and Maryland. So, those those – not to, to say anything negative about those programs, but the level of competition always goes up once you hit Big Ten play. And so, and if you even look back on that game, Maryland had an opportunity, even though they turned the ball over on the first snap of the game, or I should say the opening kickoff, they fumbled the, the, the kick right back to those guys and, and they were able to score on the very next play. So it was, um, you know, they, they were doomed from the beginning, but they actually led at some point they actually led in that first half. And so they can, you know, this, that, that really shows that uh, the resilience of that Maryland team, but also the fact that uh, Michigan has some, it's obvious that there's some room for them to, uh, to, to, for teams to score on. So um, David going into this, uh, into this game, what are some of the factors that has to, to, to happen for this Hawkeye team to come away with the win? I mean, we know Spencer's, currently at uh, 524 yards passing on 48 completions for 94 attempts uh, with one touchdown and two interceptions. He's been sacked nine times for a uh, loss of 64 yards. Total QBR, you always talk about that QBR, is about 97.1, 96.1. That's what I got. But regardless of statistics, what does this team do what does this team have to do to come away with the victory on Sunday, on Saturday? Well, we got to protect the quarterback. We need to establish a run. And what we need to do, on, that's what we need to do on offense, right? Uh, establish the run, protect the quarterback so we can get our passes off. Um, that comes down with the offensive line playing the fullbacks and the running backs, you know, getting the right fit. That offensive line really working together, calming down, and really just – taking it in and taking your time to move your down linemen to the next level, right? The guy's not going anywhere. The running back, as long as you're there, it's almost like a Le'Veon Bell, all that patience he used to have back there. If you're sticky and that offensive line is there and the running back only sees the offensive line's jersey, they have nothing to worry about. Keep driving. Take your time. You got it. The running back will see the hole. You get the running backs that opportunity. They weren't with that kind of patience. That'll open up the run game. That'll take some pressure off the pass game. Then we can start seeing better numbers than the one touchdown, two interceptions with a QBR. You said 97. I got 11.6 here. But, uh, you know, we're, we're 524 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Yeah, 11.6. I mean, seeing something like that with this offensive line is a great opportunity, especially against this defense. And then you look on the other side for our defense, right? Taking away the run, which Michigan prides himself on, especially with those offensive line. This was considered the best offensive line in the country last year. Michigan is saying it's their best offensive line in the last 15 years at least. You know, and they've replaced two guys, one of which isn't really a, a replacement. This is going to be a really good opportunity for our defensive line to step up and our front, our front seven over there to step up and take away the run and establish themselves as the premier defensive team uh, in the Big Ten and saying, hey, I, we don't have any rushing touchdowns. 
We don't want any rushing touchdowns. If you think you're going to get one against us right now, hey, good luck. We're going to fight you tooth and nail until it, until it happens. But right now, stopping the rush against uh, against Michigan, stopping that rush, um, their run, and then letting our ball hawk to the back and, uh, and our secondary do what they do. All right. Cooper DeGene is uh, what he's got. He's got an interception in every game. That is it. Three in a row now. He's got three in a row. Three in a row. Yeah. You know, get those guys grabbing the ball like we talked about them a couple weeks ago. I think this is the expectation for this defense. They're so good. I, they're even better than they were last year. I thought they were, but now they're they're actually proving it. And getting them to scoring. So now it's like, it's not a question of if they're going to score. It's how much are they going to score? And then on our offense, is the timing going to work out to where the defense is playing well and the offense is able to catch up, especially if we know what they're going to do. Lavar's doing a really good job with those guys. And getting those guys to come up at the right time uh, to where the offense is performing at a level that takes the pressure off our defense. That's what we're really going to need for this game. Get that offense moving so the defense doesn't take as many hits. Because we already know what they're going to do. We know our special teams are going to do. That offense. That's going to be our um, – that's the thing we really need to focus on. That's our key factor. No question. No question. Well, this um, – this – Michigan Wolverine team that's coming into Kinnick is, is going to be a tough one. And actually lead the conference in scoring with uh, 200 points. They are, are fourth in total offense. So it's, it's going to be a tough matchup. Second in rushing offense. And, you know, Blake Corm, honestly, when I look at him, he's uh, he reminds me a lot of uh, Fred Russell, who a lot of Hawkeye fans remember another number two. Uh, short in stature, uh, quick and elusive, especially laterally. And once he gets the opportunity to have some open open field in front of him, he's uh, he is tremendous in getting into your secondary and getting downhill quickly. He's a very fast back. So that's definitely my main concern is containing him, uh, the rushing attack as a whole, because of the fact that um, – it's because of the fact that they've done such a tremendous job up front of controlling uh, defensive fronts. And, you know, if, if we can make them one-dimensional, take away that run game, definitely puts a lot more pressure on, on McNamara. Well, not McNamara, but um, McCarthy. And, uh, McCarthy. Yeah, and uh, it's going to yeah. be it's, it's going to be a tough – it's going to be a tough go at it because, again, his ability to get out on the edge and their read option game and their um, – RPO game, those things are going to come into effect. But sound Hawkeye defenses have done a tremendous job to this point. So it's going to be a great, tremendous challenge. And for this team to to come away with the victory, for the Hawks to come away with the victory, it's going to have to come together on every facet, every facet. So, yeah. so that being said, let's get into a little bit of 2002, man. That was... Uh, that was uh, the year that we were able to get uh, turned the program around from what were some early year woes for Kirk Ferentz's early regime. And 2002 was a culmination of some hard years that uh, were able to turn into a Big Ten championship team. That was a shared title with Ohio State. Uh, we didn't obviously get an opportunity to play that program, which would have been awesome. Yeah, it would have oh. been awesome if we would have to have 
you know, played against that team because they went on to win the national championship. So that would have been a tremendous opportunity. But, um, you know, that 2002 team, man, still got the, the rings and the titles and so many players from the, from that squad that are still legendary Hawks to this day, man. Give me one of your favorite memories from that season. Oh, definitely the mission game ranks up there. You know, when, um, God, I think that was their worst home loss in like over 40 years or something like that. And we just went there and we, we weren't perfect by any means, right? But we went out there and we played together and we stuck it out. You know, the defense, you guys held tough for us until the offense could really get going. And then once the offense got going, uh, you know, we kind of took off. Um, but probably the best, uh, my most memorable moment, when the, uh, the offensive line came off the field, the last play against Minnesota, uh, Northwestern. Yeah, that was fun. You know, got all the seniors out there, and we all got to go across, go off the field together. So that was probably the best time. What about you? What do you got? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, it was cool to be in Minnesota for that last game, last Big Ten game. Um, it was, uh, it was, uh, interesting how we were able to beat that team. And then our fans were trying to take the goalposts out of the Metrodome. <laughs> and, you know, it just really, really spoke to, speaks to Hawkeye fans and what that, uh, what that really means and what that, oh. how that transition, how, how that how that plays into the players and how that uh, how the players feed into that. Right? What saying. were they thinking though? Like, how are you gonna get that out? out the revolving doors. Somebody's gonna let them out with the goalposts. They were walking around with it too. Like we we're gonna walk around until we find a way out of it. If it was an outdoor stadium, they might have been able to make it happen. But they were on inside a dome back in the early early two thousands. Yeah, those domes they were blown up by air. So yeah, right. It was, you wouldn't be able to, yeah. Where you going? I don't, I don't want to. You have to go through like one of those shipping bays or something to be able to get in there, get it out of there. Oh, man. Yeah. The, well, having everybody back this weekend is going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys I haven't seen them in quite a long time. I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody. You and me both, man. And honestly, man, I'll be honest, I hate to say it, but looking at this game, looking at what I saw on film in this Michigan team, it reminds me a lot of what we had when we played them uh, in that that season in terms of the elusive quarterback that's uh, got the ability to get the ball and trend and get the ball around. And then the running back in the backfield that's uh, same number two, same shortened stature, same explosive ability. And yep. so it was uh, – it was almost a mirror image of what I've seen from that team that we had back in the day. But uh, this is a beatable team, just like any team, uh, any given Saturday, like we've said numbers number of times before. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, it's amazing. You you brought that uh, <laughs> that comparison. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, these guys look very familiar. And I looked, I was like, number two? Well, that, that's pretty – oh, wow. That's pretty baller. Huh. I saw a little scan out there. I was like, wow, and he cut. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I started looking at the old line playing. I'm like, oh, these guys are actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't really want to say it, but yeah, they look really good. It, 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 they kind of look like us. <laughs> well, 
what we know is that, like I said, any given Saturday, anything happening, and the Hawkeye offense has definitely been coming along. This defense we know is one of the tops in the country, and we'll see what happens on Saturday at Kinnick Stadium, man. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be awesome, and it's going to be electric, and I'll be there. I'll be excited to watch it, buddy. So for David Porter, I appreciate you for joining me again, sir. Uh, for everybody out there tuned in, I appreciate you for joining us. Uh, go check out that Michigan game this weekend. It's going to be a barn burner. Uh, appreciate you for joining us on Hawk Talk. God bless, and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.